0: Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear this complete conversation as well as recent shows featuring guests discussing new cases of the troubling cattle mutilation phenomenon, worrisome instances of clandestine CIA torture, and the evidence that the lost city of Atlantis may have really once existed. Check out these programs and many other fascinating episodes waiting for you in the Coast to Coast Archive by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. For the next couple hours, we are going to be talking with someone who I will call an American hero. For some of you who might be a little too young and you don't know, we're going to tell you a story. But in 1961, Daniel Ellsberg, a consultant to the Department of Defense and the White House, drafted Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara's plans for nuclear war. Later, he leaked the Pentagon Papers. He lectures and writes on the dangers of the nuclear era and the need for whistleblowing. A senior fellow at the Nuclear Age Peace Foundation, Daniel Ellsberg is the author of Secrets and the subject of the Oscar-nominated documentary, The Most Dangerous Man in America. He's also a key figure in Steven Spielberg's film about the Pentagon Papers, The Post, starring Tom Hanks. And his latest work is called The Doomsday Machine. Daniel Ellsberg was with me almost 10 years ago on this program. Welcome back, Daniel. Good to have you with us.
1: I'm glad to be back. Thank you.
0: 10 years. Wow, it goes by fast, doesn't it?
1: Well, not fast enough, in a way. I, I'll be glad for it to be over. I don't want the next 10 years to be
0: like the last. No, I understand. I understand. And and I want to, at least at this moment, thank you for what you did many, many years ago. For a lot of people who might not understand the significance of what you did in releasing the Pentagon Papers, but you went through a living hell, and uh, thank God uh, you came out of it okay, but... Uh, we owe you as Americans uh, a tremendous thanks.
1: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate what you say. By the way, Richard Nixon, President Nixon, had in mind for me a living hell. I he, uh, was facing 12 felony counts and a possible 115 years in prison. However, I did not uh, actually have to experience that. Instead, uh, President Nixon had to resign facing impeachment in considerable part for criminal actions that he took to shut me up, uh, to silence me during my trial.
0: Yeah, Watergate came uh, up at the wrong time for for them, didn't it?
1: That's right, and that seems very possibly to be looming ahead now for very similar reasons. remember uh, critical to his downfall was the so-called Saturday Night Massacre when he ordered his attorney general to fire the special prosecutor. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to get tapes from the Oval Office. And then when the uh, Attorney General refused to do that, Elliot Richardson, the next in line also refused. And they got down to uh, Mr. Bork, who did fire the special prosecutor, but the outcry was so great at that, uh, what they call the Saturday Night Massacre, with these two high officials being fired on the same night or re- forced to resign, that the uh, they had to... Uh, uh, assigned a new special prosecutor, and in the end, uh, the tapes did come out and brought Nixon down. But critical to uh, what Nixon was worried about was that he had taken acts in fear that I had documents beyond the Pentagon Papers, which I did, and that that I had documents from his own administration on Vietnam, which I did. It so happens that I didn't have what he most feared, documents that would back up What I was saying, and which turned out to be correct, that he was making nuclear threats to North Vietnam. And he'd done that as early as 1969. He continued to do it, uh, even while I was in trial, and uh, considered nuclear weapons seriously in 1972. So he didn't think that would play well with the American public, and was very anxious that I not put out anything beyond the Pentagon Papers, uh, which uh, that was a study of Vietnam decision-making that ended in 1968 before Nixon got into office. So it didn't incriminate Nixon. But he was afraid that I had documents that would prove that uh, he had, in fact, been making nuclear threats and nuclear plans for an attack on North Vietnam and uh, other, other threats, including mining and uh, B-52 raids on North Vietnam, a major escalation of the war in order to, win in a way that he really had no prospect of doing. Well, of course, when I say we're almost reliving that again, I'm seeing in tonight's emails a lot of speculation about efforts by this president, Donald Trump, to fire the acting, the uh, Deputy Attorney General, Mm Rod Rosenstein, who in turn was in charge of a special prosecutor that Trump wants to get rid of, just as Nixon wanted to get rid of Archibald Cox. And if indeed he fires some of these people, uh, others may resign before they carry out his wishes. We may have uh, another massacre again, whether it's on Saturday night or not.
0: Let's hope we don't have to go through that again. For, For a lot of people, Daniel, who may be too young to even know what the Pentagon Papers are or were, what was it that made you release those? What did you see? that made you say, i I got to get this out into the public. And it went to the New York Times, I believe, right? Well, I
1: wouldn't have done that uh, knowing that it would face me with life in prison or an indictment to that effect. I wouldn't have done that just to release history, which ended in 1968. We're talking about 1969, 70, 71 here now, when they finally came out in the newspapers. Mm -hmm. And I must say The Post, which is the movie The Post, it's a very good movie and very timely now, but it does give the impression that it was just the lies that were revealed in that historic study. You asked what the papers were for the benefit, probably of most of your listeners. It was a seven thousand page, forty-seven volume study called "You uh, Had Various Names," but U.S. decision making in Vietnam from nineteen forty-five to 1968, 23 years there, and now we're talking about uh, when I actually copied it in 69 and 70, and it came out in 71, this was history. Uh, We had a new president who was claiming to be a new Nixon, in fact, and was claiming that he had an entirely new strategy, which was quite misleading, because he was making threats very similar to those that had failed against Vietnam in previous years. And they failed again, as I expected. So my concern was that I knew from having worked for the new administration, as a consultant from the Ranch Corporation, on Vietnam options and some uh, studies that Henry Kissinger wanted done for the White House. And I summarized those studies for President Nixon. That was early in '69. And I knew from my contacts there, and specifically from my friend Mort Halpern, who was a deputy to Kissinger at that point, that Nixon was not getting out. He was not ending the war. He I think, expected to end the war favorably, but he was doing so by threats of of uh, escalating. Mm-hmm. And I was sure, as was Halpern, for that matter, that these threats would not succeed. They didn't. And the next question was, would he carry them out? The Pentagon Papers showed me 23 years of previous history that presidents who drew a line like that were very likely to carry them out even uh, for their own prestige and their own uh, status, their their credibility, so-called, even though carrying them out was virtually hopeless in terms of achieving anything of uh, benefit to the U.S. or anybody else. I thought, in other words, that he was likely to enlarge the war in the air, as he did do.
0: As he did. And
1: That's I right. knew this then from secret information in, uh, given to me, I feel that, a top-secret clearance here at the Rand Corporation, and I was a consultant, for that matter, uh, to the White House in the beginning of the year. So I had this information. The public didn't have it, didn't believe it, but I didn't have documents on it. The Pentagon Papers, however, did document 23 years by f- of four presidents lying in a very similar way, uh, one after another, about what they were planning to do, why they were doing it, what they expected to come from it. And what was likely to happen? All of that was uh, deceived by one president after another. And I hoped that that documentary proof would convince people in the Congress and the public that at least it was possible, as I was saying, that a fifth president, Richard Nixon, was carrying on much the same policy rather than lose in Vietnam or rather than get out, rather than be accused of having lost a country and suffered a defeat in Vietnam. Uh, He did what the others had done. He was planning to escalate the war and keep it going. He did hope to end it with a victory, but I felt that was uh, futile, as it
0: proved to be. As it proved to be. It did, in costing, yeah. what, 50,000-plus American lives and countless numbers of Vietnamese. That's right.
1: He, uh, President Nixon is, is widely credited at his funeral and ever since with having ended the war in Vietnam. Actually, it didn't end while he was in office. He was removed before it ended in 1975, facing impeachment. But uh, he did, in fact, add more than 20,000 names to that ominous uh, Vietnam memorial in Washington. 58,000-plus American names on that, about 30,000 before him. Actually, under the uh, several administrations, but mainly uh, Lyndon Johnson's administration.
0: How were you I treated, remember. Daniel? How were you treated during that time period by the American public at the time?
1: You mean right after I was indicted? Yeah,
0: when when, all, when when that was publicized that you were the one that released the Pentagon Papers. I mean, were you were you treated? Well, were you treated with was, respect? It was
1: polarizing. Uh, uh, there was. The the president and the vice president, Agnew, both, well, Agnew said it openly that I was a traitor. Uh, Nixon said that later, essentially. Uh, They didn't charge me with treason, by the way, because our Constitution defines treason very narrowly in a way that couldn't apply to somebody who told the truth to the American public, uh, secretly to a foreign power, not as a spy. So I I had 12 felony counts, but treason was not one of them, nor was perjury. So I was treated with these uh, as having revealed documents that the public could actually read and see that this was information they should have had much earlier. So really, uh, I was treated pretty favorably, pretty positively. There were many people who were very opposed to me. I got letters from them. And later, when Nixon lost office, largely as a result of his actions against me, a lot of people held that against me who were supporters of Nixon. And then I got uh, a lot of abuse in the mail, but uh, having almost miraculously escaped prison in this unprecedented way by the by the revelation of administration crimes against me. But it was a polarizing thing. There, I was called rather widely, just as Chelsea Manning and Ed Snowden have been called, traitors. That's a very, very unpleasant thing for, for a patriot to have to, to hear. But... Uh, and in a way, you never get used to that, but that's gone on for a long time. I got, in other words, the same kind of abuse that they got, but over time, and really pretty much at the time, uh, it was so clear that this was information that deserved to be out, that the public deserved to know, sure. needed to know, that uh, I really got uh, credit for it on the whole. Listen to more Coast to Coast
0: AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.